let me just read Psalm 136. Psalm 136 is just this declaration of how good God is. And it says this, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is, he is good, but his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. For him who made the suns rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. I hope you're understanding. His steadfast love endures forever. And it goes on and gives this amazing story of him deliver God's deliverance of the people of Israel and how their story is one that is uh, is, is saturated by God. And so I want to encourage you as, as Becky leads us this morning. Why don't we take a moment just to thank the Lord for his steadfast love? If you read on in the psalm, it talks about all that he did to deliver his people. Maybe for you this morning, there's something where you can just thank God specifically this past week for his steadfast love as he's been with you. Maybe it's something generic about his presence. How about we take a moment just to thank the Lord as families? Why don't you tell your children, husband and wife, tell each other, friends, as you sit there, tell each other the goodness of God as we sing and declare who he is. So, Father, we worship you this morning as your family and we declare that your love endures because you have done everything that we need in order for us to gather this morning and worship you. So thank you for your presence. We thank you that we get this moment right now to worship you. We declare your goodness. Amen. Thanks, Becky.
This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. 
my daily bread This is my daily bread Your very word Spoken to me And I I'm desperate for you sing that church you are my daily bread <laughs> you are my daily bread here's our here's our daily bread here's our daily bread Jesus, our daily bread. Jesus, our daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I Desperate for you 
Father, we thank you that you are our provision. You are all we need. Not that anything else in this world, it doesn't satisfy because it needs to lead us to you, the one that does. And so as in a few moments, we come and take communion. Lord, I pray we'd be reminded that you are our sufficiency. Your grace is enough to allow us to gather this morning. Your grace is sufficient for us to be children of God. Your grace is more than enough to cover whatever it is that this week has been, whatever it is that our past has, ha, ha, has gone. Lord, you call us into a future with you. And you rewrite our story and you invade our story and you give it purpose. Lord, I thank you as a church. That's what you're doing in this moment. Help us to see it. Help us to step into it. Help us to have the courage to be all that you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I'm just going to share something for a few moments and then uh, really excited this morning um, that we've got uh, a guest speaker that's going to lead a devotional for us. Uh, Colin is uh, going to, for the first time, speak to our church. So I'm really excited about that. Please pray for Colin. I'm sure there's nerves and everything else, but it's just fantastic opportunity to seeing uh, people from different connect groups coming in and sharing things. So I know uh, I know everyone's going to be encouraging Colin this morning. We're just really excited by that. Uh, and Nigel and Fiona are going to lead us in communion. Again, great to see them being able to serve us as a church family. So uh, really excited by that. But just before uh, Colin shares this morning what God's put on his heart, um, I just wanted to bring you yet another update uh, regarding where we are as a church. Um, I have to tell you that um, I don't envy anybody leading during this season because whatever plans we make, something comes along and changes them. So it's like, you know, when you lay everything nicely neat out on the table and it all looks beautiful, all your photos are nicely out and you're looking at them and then a gust of wind comes and just whips them straight off the table. It's kind of like leading in that kind of season. Um, and so uh, this time last month, we shared how we were planning to have a gathering, a physical gathering uh, in uh, May, uh, probably a Sunday afternoon because we couldn't find any other facility that was going to accommodate us. And we were going to come together and we were going to seek God. Um, well, that's all been laid out. That was lovely and neat. And the wind's come and just kind of blown that one off the table as well. Um, and so where we are this month is um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that God is making a way for us because um, we're planning um, that uh, instead of an afternoon service, uh, one thing that's been really on my heart in all of this is that um, when we did our regathering survey back last year, 80% of the church overwhelmingly said that the, pr the preferred time for gathering together and celebrating who God is and what he's done and, uh, and being, being a church together in community, uh, gathering together is a Sunday morning. Uh, and so I don't want to exclude anybody. Uh, and for me, Sunday mornings, I know for those that have got kids, it's probably easier in the morning than it is in the afternoon and all that kind of stuff. And we've wanted, we've really sensed God is saying unity is really important during the season that we don't want to exclude anybody. So figuring out how for those that are still apprehensive about being physically together uh, because of, for whatever reason, we want, we want to make sure we can still facilitate that and have things online. So we're, we're trying to navigate all of that. Um, but um, we are going this week on Wednesday, uh, a few of us are going to go down to the United Reformed Church in Stratford 
who are um, planning on having a service. Uh, they're not going to be meeting every single Sunday morning. And so it gives us availability on a Sunday morning, not every week, but availability to phase back into having physical gatherings within a space that we can uh, manage with the restrictions as they are and as they lift, which we hope will be soon, um, we can facilitate and use that space. So we're hoping that by the end of May, we can have a Sunday morning physical gathering uh, where we'll be able to get together uh, maybe depending on restrictions we'll have to figure out how that works for families to be uh, staying and people to be staying as they need to but um, uh, as soon as they're lifted we've got a space where we can be family and we can celebrate together just as we were singing that song uh, I'm desperate for you I just I just felt like it, it's almost like some of you are hungering to be back together not because we want to be back where we were not because we seek but just we're desperate for God and we're desperate to encounter him and God does something when we're physically together uh, and it's an important time for us. Uh, and so although it's not everything we're looking at and exploring as a church during this season, it's a significant part of it uh, and, and one that we want to facilitate and we want to make sure it does happen. So um, please keep your eyes out on the e-newsletter. We'll send stuff out through the uh, Connect groups and, and the wider church communication to say when we can. There will be restrictions in place until they're lifted. So chances are it'll be a, a have to register kind of event. Uh, we're going to see if we can still make sure things are live streamed. So we want to try and facilitate as much as we can. So no one is excluded. Uh, kids are a big part of that as well. So how we facilitate that moving forward. Um, but uh, just want to encourage you and say that um, as of as of this moment, uh, the photos that are out on the table are saying that we can have uh, a physical gathering in May, um, which will be a Sunday morning uh, and we'll be able to come and celebrate together uh, who God is and what he's doing. Um, but it is a part of as the eldership we're meeting and we just really sense that this is a, a significant time. Um, this whole year has been significant, hasn't it? But just this there's a unique moment now where we get to hit the reset button. And I don't think I've ever had that in my history of being in church uh, where we get to say, right, God, what, what are the big building blocks that you're calling us to put in place and who are you calling us to be? And as elders, we've been praying together more than we ever have done, seeking God. And I, th I think we, we really do sense God is speaking something into our church about what this next season is about. And so over this next month, we're going to be sharing that and what it looks like for us to step into that as a church. And I'm really excited by, by what God's got in store for us. And part of that is gathering back together, physically being able to worship him as one family. Um, and so please keep your eyes out for during May. Uh, we, will, we will attempt to make that happen as best we can um, and, uh, and be able to enjoy uh, that time together. But I'm going to stop talking because, uh, uh, oh, let me just say before I do, I'm going to put some notices into the uh, chat um, for those of you that would like to give this morning, there's a link and also virtual Sunday school, uh, a great one this morning on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and so uh, if you want to click on that, then you can join that at any point today. But otherwise, I'm going to ask Colin to unmute. Uh, let's give a virtual round of applause. Let's encourage Colin, shall we, as he comes and shares this morning. Uh, really excited. Thanks, Colin. Please don't. No, please don't. Um, OK, carry on. No, please don't. Okay, reading from uh, John 13, 3 to 8 to start. Uh, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he came from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the mill, took out his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. 
No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Um, about 12 years ago, I was offered a job to work as a consultant for a company based in Cochin, India. A company I'd worked for before, about 25 years ago. I accepted a role and travelled to India to work and to visit some of the ministries that Simon, one of the directors, particularly supported. Three of us set out after a couple of days working. Simon, an Australian pastor, Sam, and me. We flew to Chennai, where there was a planned visit into the slum area to meet Kevin and Deborah, pastor and wife. They had planted a church with Simon's aid and ongoing support right in the centre of the slums. We walked through the slums, this was Saturday, where Simon, Kevin and Sam prayed over washing machines, people with addictions and anyone who came up to them. To me, this was all very strange, but humbling at the same time. On Sunday, we attended Kevin's church, which was a large room above their living accommodation. Music played, Deborah sang, the whole congregation was alive. People singing and dancing, a few people fell to the floor, twisting and wriggling like a snake. Simon and Sam rushed to these individuals and started to pray over them. And after a while, these people got up and rejoined the service, now acting quite normally. I had no idea what was happening. To say I was confused was an understatement. I thought how thoughtless and dangerous Kevin and Deborah, Deborah had made it for the 80 or so people crammed into this smallish area. I found out later that these people on the floor were possessed and had been delivered from the devil. After the singing and dancing came to an end, everything calmed down into a prayer time where the whole congregation got into lines waiting for Kevin, Sam and Simon to pray over them. One lady even tried me, but me being confused and an unbeliever, I just walked away. Sat on their own by the back wall was a mother and her disabled son. He must have been about eight or nine. He couldn't stand or walk. All the pastors and Simon gathered around him and prayed for healing, trying to pull him to his feet. Nothing. He fell back to the floor, not able to stand. At this point, I turned to Simon and said, had he stood, you'd have had me. Like Peter in John 13, I did not understand. When Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he chose to act out the parable. I think him knowing that time was short, he would give them a lesson in a way that the disciples would remember. He made a conscious effort to get up from the table, to set aside his robe, get a bowl of water and wash the disciples' feet, a job reserved for the lowest in the household. It was only Peter who questioned Jesus. But Jesus said, you may not understand now, but someday you will. Peter later wrote in 1 Peter 5, 5, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed in humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time.
Peter now understands. God is the only one who can forgive us our sins. God is the one who washes our feet and cleanses our souls, pun intended, washes our spirit. As I'm writing this, I realise it's a form of consecration, something that I'm still learning about. So how does this relate to me, um, to us? I'm a new believer, just a couple of years old, born again, with my sins forgiven. It is now mine and your responsibility to spread the good news about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection to all that will listen, helping those in need, less fortunate than us, to love everyone without judgment, to bend down and wash each other's feet, to show them the way in humility. Like the story of the person who had fallen down the well, the first person who heard them went for help. The second said they had phoned someone, but the third person jumped in where the trapped man said, now we're both stuck. But this third person replied, no, I know the way out. Jesus is that third person in our lives. He is the way and it is up to us to believe and follow his word and form a relationship with God, our father. As for the young man who could not walk, I've got no news. But Kevin and Deborah, they stepped out in faith and jumped into the well to help those in need in the Chennai slums. Simon continues to support orphanages and schools in India, Bangladesh and Thailand. As for me, now I understand too, well, some of it. I'm still learning, but Jesus is the way. Let's pray. Dear Father God, I thank you for everyone on this Zoom call this morning and pray that we would be receptive in heart and mind to hear and act out your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amazing, Colin. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing. So encouraged by that. And I know the church will be. Uh, Nigel, Fiona, will you just lead us into communion out of that? What a fantastic word just to lead us into communion all that Jesus has done. Yeah, okay. So we're just going to start off this morning just by the communication of the meaning of what it is. So it's just a little paragraph here that I'd just like to share with you this morning and then Nigel's just going to take over. Communion or the Lord's Supper, is the intimate sacred invitation from Jesus to his disciples. To those who say to him as their Lord and Saviour. It was at the Jewish Passover meal that Jesus tells us that the bread is the holy body broken and sacrificed for us on the cross. The wine is the grape of the new juice of the covenant in his blood that was shed for us. A final and lasting sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins of where we take communion today. It is a particular day for saying to Jesus, Jesus, it is my desire to be faithful to you as a disciple. I love you and I thank you for what you have done for me. Communion 
is also a regular renewal of our relationship with Jesus, where each time he is reminding us of his love through his sacrifice for us. And we are saying yes and thank you to him. Amen. So I think as we come to communion, we'll just take a just a brief moment of uh, of silence before we uh, we enter into the actual thing. Just a moment of reflection um, for each of us, um, just as we prepare ourselves. Okay, so reading from 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. When he given thanks, he broke it, said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we'll just close in prayer and just reflect on what Jesus and our Heavenly Father has done for us. So this is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins 
as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Nigel and Fiona. Becky, just as we draw things to a close, please lead us in a song. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. There in the ground, his body Christ, I'll stand.
Let me just end with Paul, two of Paul's prayers in Romans, the end of Romans 16. He says, now to him who is able to strengthen you, according to the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for longer ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writing has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God be glory forever and ever through Jesus Christ and then in chapter 15 verse 5 he says so may the God so may God strengthen so may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God amen I just pray that this week we would, as Colin has encouraged us, we would be so consumed with all that Jesus has done for us that we go and do likewise. And we would do that together, having taken communion. We are one family, uh, one body under Jesus, and we get to declare one gospel. Uh, and so be encouraged and be filled with the spirit as we go. Amen.